Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, everyone. Everyone who's on this journey, who's been on this journey with me. So... I guess there's some like irony in in the fact that I'm like the podcast you're about to listen to is when I did a live stream while I was doing it. I tried it on Twitch because I've been using Twitch more for some of the workouts and just, I don't know. It's become my like body doubling trick to some degree, you know, like there's stuff like working out things that I know I want to get done. And even some of like earlier this uh, last year before the year changed, I was working on my poem book and I was like, I'd like to, I'm not going to ever get this done if I don't, Fair way to body double it. So, you know, streaming's been helping. And likewise, uh, I feel I've I've underserved Good Bed Brain for a long time. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll try streaming it. Maybe that'd be a neat thing to stream. Good, you know. The problem is, it's New Year. The subject matter of this pod I wanted to talk about was about doom scrolling and basically being intentional with your time and your efforts and why having some consciousness and choice around the kind of person you want to be and what you want to do with your life is important both for knowing when you should be doom scrolling to like learn more and when you shouldn't. And that sort of thought process around intentionality, paying attention to what you're doing, picking what you're doing. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that me and my creative partner, Zeke yesterday, we're talking about goals for the year. And I've been talking to Ali about goals for the year. And I think all of COVID and quarantine has just put a lot of thought in everybody's heads about like, what's important to you? What, what's, what are you doing? Especially as things become less stable, you really start going like, wow, wait a minute. What if everything really became unstable? Would I be proud of what I've done? What, do I have things I want to get out before, I don't know, I'm pushing a shopping cart around the wasteland, you know, f- full of all my uh, ammunition I scrounged up from the scavengers who tried to kill me? I don't know. I think you just start thinking about what you're doing. So the what's ironic is that, you know, this is the first time that I went and tried this Twitch thing. And it was neat. There were some people who interacted on there. But uh, doing that and thinking about being intentional and putting it and go coming to put it up to put it up. I was like, man, what am I doing with good, bad brain? And I know I've I brought this up. I know I'm a broken record. Most of good bad brain is a broken record. And I think that's kind of the point. Is I'm like I think I'm not going to like delete all of it, but I think it's time the thought I had was maybe it's time to release the sense that I'm I have to do good bad brain more, that I'm under serving good, good bad brain. And earlier this year there was another project that I was involved with 
which I, uh, it was just going on and on, dragging on. I didn't have much direction, but it was always hanging in the back of my head. Like, I should be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing this. And there's a, there's a quote from the from Dune, the book that I really like. The, they, they talk about how the Fremen in that book have this thing they call the attitude of the knife. And it means cutting off what's incomplete and saying now it's complete because it ends here. And that's something I love. How could you not love something as uncompromising as that? But also that's like determining its own reality as much as that and making decisions as much as that. Things that I think we really struggle with, you know, ADHD or anxiety and things like that. So I'm sorry, I'm driving Ali out of the room because I was like, I was going to... Okay, no, sure, sure, sure. I was just, I, we share an office and I usually go do this in another room, but I was just like, I got to record this thing in front of this. Do you mind if I just do this while I'm editing the episode? No, you're. It is very hot in here. We have like a space heater, which is usually very cozy, but suddenly the sun's the sun's out in L.A. and it's hot. Anyway, there's no sorry. There's no sorries. I'm not even saying sorry. I don't. I'm not gonna delete it. You know what I mean? It's up. It served a lot of function, and I love that there's a thing that exists that people can go and I still get messages from from episodes a long, long time ago that matter to people. You forget when you put things on the internet that it sticks around forever, especially when you're like me. You don't re-listen to it. Anyway making decisions, paying attention to what you're doing with your life, making sure you're doing what you want to do. I've also had this weird experience over and over in the internet space of like going viral at different times for different things. And I felt like it just added to the sense of being a ghost. Like I saw friends or peers who made whole careers off of like less viral videos than I've made or Zeke and I have made together really. But I also know that part of the reason is because I'd make a viral video. We wouldn't follow it up. We wouldn't like keep doing that thing. It was all like this weird game, you know? And part of it was that you thought to yourself, "There's a here's a clever idea. I think this might work to go, oh, this might get people. And that was the goal. The goal was to do like, this seems like an important, good thing to do. But it wasn't coming from like my guts. It wasn't what I loved. It wasn't what I wanted to do. It was always adjacent to that or avoiding that or feeling like I didn't deserve to do that or wasn't good enough to do that. And so you'd go do something else that wasn't threatening to your ego. And I think maybe this is all just fallout of doing the poem book reading. The poem book stuff I did is like, the poems are the scariest fucking thing for me. You know, it's like real. It's like really, you know, it's like songs or poems. It's like, damn, if you really do that earnestly... It's vulnerable. It's scary. So I avoid it for a lot because who fucking cares about poems? You know what I mean? That kind of feeling. That's dumb. You know? But I have no problem doing, you know, hosting for Clever forever or making stupid little viral videos on the internet that were kind of sticky or whatever the fuck I do, you know, to get the little dopamine rush to do the thing, to sort of like scratch the issue of creativity of, of some sense of exigent purpose without ever actually approaching it and trying to feed it because that would be too scary, you know? Basically just fucking pussing out on it, I guess. And I don't want to do that anymore. Um, and Good Bad Brain, I think I've always thought is more of like a creative endeavor than anything else because most of the creation I've ever done has come from a place of need, a place of like desperate bleeding onto a piece of paper you know what i mean like a thing i need to make or else it'll hurt worse to not make it and good bad brain was very therapeutic for me it got me making something you know it got me doing something with some regularity for a while it got me introspecting in an honest way it got us creating this little community and realizing there's other people that are like us and don't have to feel so fucking alone and 
psycho i mean probably just as psycho i know people don't like you say like fucking words like that but if you're psycho you feel psycho you know what i mean and uh that's all wonderful i don't think that's going away you know but i got the same feeling when i cut off the thing when i cut off the project earlier last late last year whatever this other one i was talking about i don't need to talk about the project was it was like a work thing and i was just like you know what i'm not gonna worry about it anymore I'm done thinking that's a hanging chat. I have no way to fix it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I have to say it's done for now. If it comes back in some other form, fine, but it's done. The sense of correctness in my body, the sense of relief, the sense of space it created to do other things was so palpable and so big and real. And uh, it did. I mean, it, I, I finished the fucking poem book finally, 10 years, which, by the way, is with some agent right now who I had a conversation with who was really into it. Who knows? It might get like published by a big thing. That's part of why y'all haven't heard more about it, like more copies coming out or something or more, you know, places you could buy it because I might have more, a better opportunity. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm excited about it. We'll see. I'm putting that energy out there and feeling like having faith in it because I love it. And when I thought to myself after doing this pod this morning, when I was like, I haven't done, I've been meaning to, I'm going to go do, and I sat down and did it. I'll do it on Twitch. Maybe that'll make it feel like something, you know, sexier for me, more energy. Oh, new, a new ADHD. Let's hijack that. Maybe that'll make me do it. You know what? I did that. And then I had the thought, ah, maybe I like the project. Maybe I shouldn't be feeling like, oh, I'm supposed to do good, bad brain because God knows I'm underserving it. The, the Patreon, God bless you if you're on the Patreon, certainly hasn't grown it's only gone down from wherever it was because i'm so inconsistent and i don't serve it there and because the show's so loosey-goosey the show's never had a format that felt correct it's always been this sort of impulsive compulsive diary entry thing and i'm proud of it i'm proud of it as a weird project but i also feel like it's sort of like i don't know my like blue years or something that's not a good example because picasso's blue years are like really good years you know what i'm saying like it's like a meandering adjacent figuring it out kind of thing it's it's like one big performance art in my mind or something like that and if i ever wanted to be good and i took some stabs at this with dr nick and things like that i think it requires a more clinical approach i think it requires somebody whose real passion is to get in touch with people from a clinical standpoint you know to offer real ethical informed educated studied practices and there's so many people out there who's that is their passion and we're so much better at it than me and my driving impulse, I guess, has always been like humanity, like trying to understand what that is and where that is and the impulses around it and the expressions of it and all of that. And that's really, for me, rooted in stories and performance and art, you know? I think like I read a wonderful thing one time about like art that like instead of like that, like political art had been destroyed in a sort of sense that like it's been co-opted by brands and things that as soon as you see politics and art like in an overt way it feels like corporate it doesn't feel like no nothing's ever made like like art that makes someone go damn that's a good that makes you think and then changes your mind because it tried to it's like quaint at this point and there's this thing uh at the end of it that was like said you know instead of asking yourself like what can art do for politics? Perhaps we should be thinking of like, what can art do that politics can't? And I was really moved by that because for me, art, expression, anything I've ever read, 
that I consider art, stories, movies, the sum is so much greater than the parts. Like, yeah, some movies get made that might have been made, you know, by just a bunch of tradespeople and suits who are trying to make money, but somehow some magic comes out the other end of it where it inspires you in a way and you and it's Star Wars or whatever that like changes the course of your life and gives you a sense of you know, d- dreamscapes that are beyond our comprehension and some sort of shared other universes and purpose and just meaning. I don't know. And I miss that. That felt like the only thing I was supposed to do is follow silly narrative impulses and, and create stories and, I don't know, be creative, whatever the fuck that means. And I kind of feel like Good Bad Brain is unfortunately... A poor stand-in for that. And I'm serving it poorly by trying to make it do the work of that in my life. Of creating some kind of meaning. You know what I mean? Meaning is other people. And that's been meaningful to me. That we've like created some kind of networky thing here. But I think I have to release it for now. And indefinitely. I don't know. Maybe something will come up that makes me want to, middle of the night, record a a brain breather. I don't know. But I'm not going to think about it. And I'm not going to feel like I have to. I'm going to leave it up because I leave everything up. Because I think it's got its value. It's got its lot of value. Wonderful things came out of this. A lot of honest shit in here. And real shit that helped me grow and survive and figure stuff out. Connecting me with other people. I don't know. That's the most important thing. Made me made me feel not alone. Made us feel not alone. So, I suppose this is a preamble thing. I'm still going to run the thing I recorded. I think there's valuable stuff and I think it was neat. I wonder if you'll hear in my voice like anything that says, I don't know, do I seem on autopilot or disengage? I don't know. I didn't really feel it at the time, but I don't know. But I I have to just say goodbye for a while. And it's silly to even say that Cause I'm still fucking doing my quarantine calisthenics. I'm doing those workouts I like doing. I'm, I'm online. I'm extremely online. I'm tweeting. I'm doing all these things. I don't know. It's not like I'm gone by any, but I got to say goodbye to good, bad brain for a while. I would be a real hypocrite if I kept doing it. There's so many resources out there, people making content and stuff that really want to do that. Real psychologists, real people who like love it and want to, you know, want to be serving their fellow people that way or serving their own heart that way. But I think I have to be honest and say the time for me in this project is probably long past. And I've just kind of, I don't know, in not letting it go, I've, I'm not like, letting either of us flourish, you know? I'm not letting this be a cool thing that existed that people can discover. And I'm not letting myself, like, move on and feel like, oh, I'm not fucking up every week by underserving it, you know? Just gotta let it be what it's supposed to be. Ugh, I'm lingering now because I've never been good at leaving, at buys, you know? Just lingering. How are they supposed to happen? That's why they always just happen abruptly. But this has been very special to me. And I'm proud of it. And frankly, I'm feeling proud of myself 
for deciding to walk away from it. And that's the truth. So, with a lot of love, I hope you enjoy what I talk about in this episode. I think there's valuable stuff about doom scrolling and shit like that. And and if you've been around, probably a lot of it's stuff you've heard. But it's neither here nor there. If you're here, if you've been here, thank you so much. I hope I see you in the audiences of other creations and you find some joy in them that hopefully I will also find in them. And mostly just, I I would like to say with love that you should hydrate and do self-care and be well and keep adding your don't kill yourself list. I don't know. That's pretty much it. Lots of love. Just a special fucking thing, you know? All right. I know now I'm getting sad. Allie's looking at me from the corner. She sounds looks sad, and I feel sad too. But I think that's appropriate. I am proud. I'm very proud. Allie just, I don't know if you can hear her say that from the corner of the room. What if you took a moment to be proud? I am proud. I'm very proud. This, this, the letters I'd get because of this show, very meaningful. None of us are alone. And that's so fucking important to know and realize over and over again because your brain will keep telling you that. But you're just not. We're just not. Solidarity is such a strange, real, needed concept. And this show gave me that. And I'm really proud that it could be that for other people as well. So, fuck. I don't want this to be sad. I don't think anything's truly permanent. I just... I need to clear space in my like goals and intentions to do things that I've ran from or been hidden. And I, I feel so silly because they're like, they're goofy things on the other end, perhaps, you know? But if that's my fucking weird ass dream, I gotta fucking do it. I gotta try to do whatever funny, weird, silly, sci-fi, actiony, horror, satire script things I wanna do. I just, I gotta, I gotta exercise it for my brain because the world's making me fucking crazy. <laughs> Or I make I don't know. So anyway, I whatever. I think I pulled out of it, of the being too maudlin. Just go into the world with love, with my love. And you know this stuff will be here. I'm not gonna take it down or anything. It's all here and it's gonna be here. L- a literal timer going off to say like, all right, your time's up. That's good. You're good. <laughs> That'll do it. Um. All right, I love you all. I'm going to play the theme music now, and we're going to go into... You can listen to this up if you want, which is going to be, for all intents and purposes, the last one. I'm sure not, like, forever. I, I don't know. What is the last one? I mean, It's like a superhero dying. It's like, yeah, right. But I need to release it for a while. And I sincerely hope you all understand that. And uh, I hope you still reach out if you ever... If you ever want something else, I, you know, I just think there's like all these initiatives and things that have new visions I'd have for it that I would just, just wouldn't quite get there. You know what I mean? It's, I gotta, we gotta respect ourselves and our creations and say with all the love in the world, goodbye.
Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. Hi. Hello. It's me. I'm here to do a brain breather. As a weird experiment, I put this on Twitch at the same time. I don't know, because I thought if I could still just be myself and do this, whatever, the thing that a live brain breather ends up being, or not a lot, I mean, well, it's always, I mean, it's live for me. The thing a brain breather ends up being, where I'm just naturally here alone reflecting on something I've been thinking about or that I want to talk about mental health-wise or checking in or using this little you know, good, bad brain, live journal you thing. Uh, yeah, I feel like it'd be neat to maybe do it live sometimes on Twitch if other people wanted to check in. So I don't know if anyone's going to join. There's nothing particularly appealing about it. If anybody doesn't know it, I don't even have the sound hooked into, I don't even have the sound hooked into the thing on the thing. So anybody watching is just getting like whatever room sound off the iPad. But it doesn't matter. Hi. We're just, it's just an experiment in a constant con- content creation. And constant content, I guess, is what I was thinking about today. Uh, So there's levels to that. Doom scrolling. I want to talk about doom scrolling. This term that's become so popular. We all know what it is. We all do it, especially in quarantine, extremely online as we are. Especially when there's new horrible news. There's like the new worst news you ever heard in your life every day. Things are so chaotic and insane. And um, I've been thinking about, I mean, part of what triggered this was somebody asked me on, on Twitter or something a little bit ago. They sent me a question basically around this notion is like mental health and the news. Mental health and whatever's going on. And I think this comes up a lot, and I feel like thoughts I have about it are different maybe than what a lot of like popular mental health stuff has to say about it. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like my approach to mental health uh, or my thoughts around it, my, my you know, good and bad thing, I don't know, it's like feels very vindicated and validated in a lot of ways by stuff I talked to Dr. Nick about, like getting this sort of clinical perspective on psychology where you can let it be very sort of effect-based. Like you can define you can define your presence or lack thereof your mouth by like the outcome, right? So like uh, it becomes very helpful in tracking, like if you feel like you're getting better or not or what you're trying to do. So like with depression... You know, if depression is very debilitating to you, very paralyzing and isolating, all those kinds of things, well, were you able to get out of bed today? Were you able to accomplish tasks that you wanted to to accomplish? You know, that's a good metric. You say, oh, well, I'm actively, okay, so I'm learning to beat this depression. 
And I think having sort of an effects-based thing to your mental wellness, like a way to objectively see that's not just like how am I feeling is really helpful because feelings aren't facts <laughs> and feelings can be so misleading. I, I don't know. Feelings, you can be doing everything that you want to do in the world and still have a bad feeling, which undoubtedly is its own mental health thing as well. You know, like undoubtedly your feelings are a real thing that you experience, but are they necessarily real? I don't know. I think when you have chronic, like legit mental health things, whether it's depression, anxiety, ADHD, whatever, those are the ones that we hit on the most here because that's what I experience the most. And I feel like those are the ones that are most common that I hear about. But if that is a thing for you, I think it just really helps to go about it and like not just being like, how am I feeling? But like, what am I doing? How am I going to function my life? So how does this apply to the doom scrolling thing? Like, I think a lot of popular therapeutics, I guess, or, or you know, pop psychology stuff that you see online that's easy to share memes, that tends to be very oriented towards just feel good, just feel better or something like that, you know? <clears throat> and again, feelings, I mean, like, you know, when I feel better on, you know, I, I feel better when I do a lot of drugs. I go through phases where you're definitely self-medicating a lot, smoking a lot of weed, whatever. And I feel better. I mean, I feel less anguish, less anxiety, less depression and whatnot, you know? But I don't think that that's helping me in the long run get to the life that I want to be having. Like depression, one of the things they talk about with depression, like one of the fucking key descriptors for depression is you no longer want to do things that you, you love. Like you, you no longer want to do things that you want to do basically. And until you've really felt that, like been stuck deep in an episode and like wished you were able to go do something that you actually want to do. And it could be one of so many things. It could be like a project that you desperately want to finish. It could just be a, an, an, a hobby or like a task, uh, not a task, but like a, an activity that you enjoy, right? Like a sport you like or a game you like to play or a food you like to eat, like to cook, you know, whatever. Whatever the thing is, a, a thing you like to read that like you're just so overtaken by this strange exhaustion that is depression that you can't even do those things. So to me, I think it's really important to have sort of like outside objective realities that you're trying to reach with your life that help you to gauge if your mental health struggles are getting better or worse. And, you know, <clears throat> along with that, then is like your sense of who you are and who you want to be. Your sense of like, do I have a clear sense of the kind of person that I'm trying to be, that I wish to be in the universe. And, you know, a lot of people, I feel like, I don't know, there seems to be a thing where they kind of like separate politics and mental health or something. I mean, I saw Dr. Nick tweet something about like, 
how crazy it is. Like he gets, he's a professor, you know, at a college and he'll get these of social work and he'll get sometimes comments on his like, uh, reviews from students that are like, Oh, too political. Maybe like he should be less political and focus on the, you know, but it's like, what are you talking about? The, the 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 work you're trying to do is social work about the wellness of human beings. You can't untie politics from that. If politics are the thing that materially affects people's wellness, you know, poverty and uh, uh, healthcare access and these kinds of things, the the potential for violence against them or against their neighbors, this kinds of thing are like very much materially impact your wellness. So. To me, I think if you feel like you're just ignoring these things, the kind of person that you imagine yourself to be that just ignores those things is like not a good person and not a good, you know, in, at least for me and I think a lot of us, our idea of what a good person is. I think none of us think a good person would see an injustice and just do nothing, you know, would see an injustice and just pretend it didn't exist. Like at the very least, you'd think, a good person thing to do would be to take it in and think about it and absorb it and think like, what can I do about this? What can, how can I know? You know, I always think about that Werner Herzog. I think it was Werner Herzog who said, we must not look away like this kind of thing. So then we get the doom scroll. So we have this thing where you've thought about the kind of person you want to be, which I would say in a nutshell is like someone who fights for what's right, what you believe in, what you think is good in the universe, right? Not just a bystander forever. And there's a lot of things out there that say separate politics from your mental health. A, just, it's, I've had friends in the past who say stuff like, it's not in my reality. I don't watch the news. I don't really get into that stuff. I don't really, I'm not into partisan, anything, you know, whatever. And you, you look at those people in times of crisis uh, and you're just like, hey, if you're neutral, you're picking the side of the oppressor. That whole, you know, that stuff. Like, you look at them and you go, I mean, like, how could somebody imagine that they're going to feel mentally well in the long run if they just leave this gross thing inside of them, this part of themselves that ignores injustice that they know is going on, that ignores bad things, that pretends bad things don't exist and they don't care about it. And maybe they just don't. I don't know. But for those of us who do, who have some sense of empathy, who find it difficult, like, to think about like, I don't think you could truly ever feel, like, comfortable while you knew somebody was right next to you in a lot of pain. Like, and I know that gets into some weird <clears throat> boundary stuff as well, where it's, like, not to take on their pain, because we get stuck in that. We start to think of being a good person is being a martyr. I, I, used to, I always thought the analogy of, like, helping someone, sometimes, like, empathy is not seeing somebody with a broken leg and then breaking your leg, too. You know, oh, now we both have broken legs. No, 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 no. That does, what? You've made it worse, and you you made it just a, a much larger quagmire with a lot of. Now we're all fucked up, right? So I'm not talking about crippling yourself with it. And I guess that starts to get closer to this thing that I've thought about a lot about doom strolling, like basically in the question of like how much is too much, how much news is too much news, how much whatever. And I always think to myself, this is this is my gauge now. You have to know yourself. You need to check in with yourself. You check, it's a constant check-in, right? Like all of mental health involves like CBT, whatever, cognitive behavioral therapy, cognitive like presence, checking in with how you're doing, seeing how you're feeling, and creating, cultivating really a practice of that because it doesn't come naturally. I fuck it up all the time. 
the ability to slow down, check in, see what I'm feeling, seeing my limits, seeing where I'm at, and making sure that they're resonant with the kind of person I wish I were or that I would like to be in the world. And sometimes that person, like, I really think a good way to think about it is like strength training, physical training of some kind. Let's say I'm the kind of person I want to be able to lift 400 pounds or something like that. Well, part of the journey to getting to there is recognizing that you're not there yet. And this, I feel like, gets into what I guess I'm trying to finally pin down about like thoughts I have about doom scrolling, taking in the news, and re- and registering your own limits. Like, we should be doing enough work and taking in and the information and bearing witness and doing the work of justice and fighting for whatever and whatever way we can, I believe to the extent of our honest abilities. And when you do reach a place where you're honestly exhausted, you're not helping anybody by throwing good money after bad. You're not helping anybody by grinding your gears, by making yourself weaker than you could be, by burning yourself out. You're just not. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help the injustice in the world doesn't do shit, you know? And I think it's incumbent on us to develop a way of saying like, okay, I'm not going to say that's not in my reality and turn into one of these like total maniacs who just pretends things don't exist that are bad because you know those people are kidding themselves. And in the long term, that can't be healthy. It's like you can't just wish away a, a wound. You You know, if something's hurting you, like there's a really funny stupid sketch a long time ago I saw about like this woman it's like this short sketch with this woman it's like a couple and the woman is like I just have this pain it's like right here I, I it's like in the middle of my head it's like takes up my whole life I don't know I don't know what it is and, da, 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 and this whole thing it's very serious and well done and then uh the partner in the scene says something like I don't I don't want to like overstep my bounds or set you or anything like that but it it could be you know um the nail and they like pull back and you see the cameras like she's got a literal nail sticking out of her head and she goes i knew you'd say that it's not about the nail it's not about the nail (laughs) you know so i feel like we all have some version of the nail and i think in times of great unrest and disruption and things like that sometimes the nail is the fucking politics is the doom scrolling the, the, the the like the knowledge in the doom scroll the things that are going on that we should pay attention to and know are going on Now, it's just up to you to know when you're spinning your wheels, to know when you're not learning anything new from the constant refresh, when it's coming at the cost of other things in your life that are important to you, that you want to get done, that you want to like be accomplishing, you know, when it's interfering with the kind of person you want to be in the world and your actual health and wellness is too much. The same way, if your goal was to like be a person who lifts 400 pounds, well, finding a weight like that you suddenly you, you go up and up into your training and you get to it you can't lift as you just keep trying you just keep trying and cranking on it and cranking on it and you burn out and the attempts get worse and worse and you start hurting yourself not a good idea not a good idea you're just going to make it longer before you get to the point where you can actually be as healthy and strong as you want to be so i don't know that was just this idea of being honest with yourself with the kind of person you want to be and realizing that like everything is in is in preparation that like it should be incumbent on us to like to like being whatever our sense of a good person is is part of your mental health like if you feel like you're being a bad person in the universe if you feel some sense of like guilt like that well of course there's stuff to unpack there 
plenty of people feel guilty and there's no fucking reason to. And you got to unpack your martyrdom and things like that where you might have learned. And that's like a whole nother thing. But if that's like, because sometimes that's like your addiction. That's like your thing that you get off on. You know what I mean? But if you can really recognize that like the bad feelings you're you're cultivating by your doom scroll, your constant like diet of information from the news and stuff like that is just taking over your life and your body and it just like you can feel it like fueling your anxiety, feeling your depression, becoming so oppressive and choking that you, you can't do anything, that you've overwhelmed and broken yourself. You got to fucking stop. Yes, stop. I definitely had a a day. I felt good. I, I cut out weed totally for all of December. Um, and uh, I started to smoke a little bit more weed in this new year just because I was like, yeah, hey, we did it. But it's like a lot less. I'm feeling good about it. I'm not like medicating as hard for sure. But there was a day when I was like, ah, this is too much. We've had too much. And it's time to smoke some weed and play some video games. And that's it. And that's what I got to do. <laughs> you know? And you'll know where's for you what you need to do. But I'm going to tell you, I think in the long run, turning it off forever, saying it's not in my reality forever, I don't want to pay attention to anything that feels bad or is uncomfortable forever, ooh, it's not going to get you anywhere. Oh, it's not going to get you anywhere. And I, and I do think that that's like a strange thing that's that's hard to talk about or whatever is like discomfort is not bad. Discomfort is not something to be avoided at all costs. Like making yourself healthier and better, making the world healthier and better, it's uncomfortable, you know? Learning shit is uncomfortable. And I don't think it's healthy for us to like just seek out comfort constantly. Like to just seek out that our boundaries are never pushed and we never find ourselves in zones that are unfamiliar. You know what I mean? Oh, hey, well, we got someone queued in on Twitch. I'll see why not. The challenge for me is fair. The difference in meaningfully witnessing versus focusing on substantive action. Yeah, I think that's <clears throat> valid. But even those two things, the difference between, uh, yes, the balance. But but even so, I'd say the balance of meaning, when you're talking about, I mean, what you're describing, meaningfully witnessing uh, versus substantive action, at least you're on... On both of those things, you're on the side of something actionable. Like, I think meaningful witnessing is action. Because in learning, the more you learn, as long as it's not something that you just use to fuel anxiety, but if you're earnestly just taking in new information, like actually trying to learn about the world around you, you're you're preparing yourself for moments. Uh, because it's true. Life comes in in moments that are very terrifying where you see what you're made of and you see... What happens? Like, do you have the words to respond to to bullshit that you see in the universe? Or do you have the conviction of like you've I think this is about bullying or something like that, like standing up for people is like, have you practiced in your mind the idea of standing up for someone? Because it will be terrifying if you ever have to do it. It's terrifying to stand up and join and, and be a weirdo who does that. You know, it's terrifying. It just feels like you're you're breaking the social contract of like we all just stay quiet on the bus, you know? So to me, meaningfully witnessing is a focus on, it's like preparation for substantive action. And then substantive action, I agree, is like, how do you even fucking figure out what that is? How, how do you find access to it? 
Is it just throwing money into a hole? Is it, uh, I mean, I don't know. I try to like facilitate mutual aid stuff as best I can. I think it's good to focus small on your community, do service when you can. But again, I don't know. COVID's going on. It's like, God bless the fucking people who are out there doing active mutual aid. But if you have somebody in your family or close by, you got to like be careful about like, uh, you know, uh, contracting COVID or something like that, immunocompromised, you, that's something to take into account for like your responsibilities of your needs in your life. And sometimes the best thing you can do that substantive action is just to like stand back and not fucking go do something just to soothe your ego. You know what I mean? To soothe what's, what's going on with yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ground game LA is great. Uh, ground game LA. This, this person suggested, yeah, it's like to like know about stuff that's going on, uh, in, in your community. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know uh, about like, yes, am I just outsourcing it so I don't have to think about it? Some people are better at thinking than some other people. That's the whole point of that stuff is finding sources that are informed so you can be informed. This idea that we're all supposed to be like our own investigative primary source. That's not true. That's the whole point of journalism. That's the whole point is like find people who know stuff to teach you. And again, just being aware of it, if, even if that just means you go vote one day. I don't know. I think that just knowledge makes a difference. You never know, like, by sharing that knowledge yourself, just like viruses, like, are you going to be the nexus of that information getting to somebody else where it matters? I, I just think it matters just to bear witness and to try in that way. And for some of us, that might be the extent of what we can do. I'm just saying, if you recognize yourself, and again, I, there's no concrete way to know. You will know your body. You will know what's going on with you. And you'll have to cultivate it over a period of like your whole life, really, of cognitively checking in, seeing what's happening in your body, trying to figure out. Allie asked me all the time, she goes, what's your core gloom? Like trying to get it like, what's your core gloom? What's the thing that's at the root of what's going on? Man, sometimes you got to like talk yourself out of it. But this idea of, of finding this balance of like, Am I using this right now to learn more? Am I in a place where I'm strong enough to learn more? I'm doing good, you know, that I'm using it to be prepared for the world that I walk into. I just I used to call all my physical and mental practices. I called the daily preparation, which is that I didn't know what was going to come at me, you know, in the world, what might trigger me or whatever, or uh, where I might be found wanting or what in my own brain was going to come at me. And so it was all just to like strengthen and prepare for that, you know? And strengthen, I mean, in the broadest sense. It doesn't necessarily have to mean brawn. It can mean like becoming more flexible, becoming more empathetic, becoming more pliable. To me, just my sense of like a broader, more capable, more prepared version of myself for the world. And then getting to the idea of like you, your most prepared will look different from somebody else's most prepared. I always love that idea like of a world that's like made up of like from each according to their ability to each according to their need. You know, the difference between like equity and justice versus like equality, like equality would be taking me and Allie, right? Somebody of totally different physiologies and saying, you both are going to carry a hundred pounds on this whole trip. That's equality. But the fact of the matter is I could probably manage to carry more than she could. Like that would be fair. That would be justice. That would be equity. Right. And so. That's really part of why comparison becomes like the source of like all, uh, well, not all, but there's something that's like comparison is a source of all, blah, 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 whatever. But like anguish comes out of comparison and saying, 
are you doing enough? Are you helpful? Are you whatever in your universe? Are you a good quote unquote person? You can't help but compare it to other people and be like, well, am I good the way they're good? I'm sorry. That's not helpful. Some people are built in different ways. Like the whole point is to allow for this diversity of humanity that we all have different levels of capability, but I think it's incumbent on us to try to always be trying to overcome our limitations for for collective good, to always be trying to overcome our limitations to help each other out. And sometimes that's the tough thing. It's like self-love, right? That's a term I had a lot of difficulty with for a long time, trying to understand the idea of self-love. Because it always sounded to me like having a crush on yourself is how like a lot of people felt like they were selling it. That like, well, you gotta love yourself or you can love other people. I'd be like, what the fuck is that? That's not true. You know, I didn't get that. I could loathe myself and still like show up in, in, you know, loving ways for other people, I always thought. And even in my stupid Protestant brain, I think it was part of me was like, and that's actually the best way to be. That's how you're a good person is if you are in pain and you move forward. But fuck that. That's not true. And I found, at least in like relationships, I felt like deeper relationships that you'd actually have to get vulnerable with people. Ultimately, I realized The notion of self-love just had to do with cultivating a place for love to live inside yourself. A sense of gratitude, a sense of like positive intention, loving, a selfless intention for yourself and for other people. And that if you didn't cultivate that self-love, that love in yourself, like this sort of toxic thing takes its place. This sort of self-hate, this hate that eats up any love that ever ends up getting in there that lashes out when it gets vulnerable, that, that when it's scared, you know, that, that thinks it's so poisonous that you have to, that you'll never not be poisonous. It it's just comes out and toxifies anything that actually gets in to touch it. And I hated that about myself. I, I hated that I hated myself. You know I mean? Like, it's layers, baby. But ultimately, that's that started to be like a cue into understanding, like, I don't know, breaking, I mean, a lot of us have this issue, right? It's like, why, why should I get better in a world that sucks ass? Like, what, why do I deserve to feel good, to feel well? The, the world's full of pain and horror. Like, why would I, I shouldn't feel good till everybody feels good. I'll be the last one to feel good. But that doesn't make sense. That doesn't help anybody. In fact, it makes it less likely to help anybody. I mean, have you ever seen somebody in a bad mood and it made you feel better? You know? I genuinely don't think anyone's ever had that experience that like they've seen somebody, even their enemies, you know, like maybe a gross, like gloating moment or whatever. But like, even when you see someone atrocious on, you know, who's like broken and you're like, see them like, like feeling bad, it, it very rarely, I don't think it really makes you feel good, you know? By contrast, when we see people experiencing joy for real, when we see people genuinely doesn't it make you feel good? There's some contagious. Just watch a dog like jump around in a fucking puddle. Why do we all watch like, animal videos? You know what I mean? When you see somebody really experiencing joy or all those videos that go viral, people like seeing color for the first time or hearing for the first time and having these experiences. I'm like, dude, there's got to be a lesson in that, that there's something contagious about like love, about positivity that like you're not helping by being pissed off and scared and miserable all the time. You might be genuinely going through that and maybe you're helping in this roundabout way of being like, at least you're being honest about your experiences. It validates for other people. You know what I'm saying? But like that self-loathing, 
can only spread in a way that kind of sucks. And I really think cultivating in yourself, I think of the, I, the, the, the archetype in my head, I always think of as the happy warrior. is someone who just like, I, I long to be someone who remains positive, who, who learns about all the horrors of the world, the darknesses and the depths inside of them and around them and sees it, sees the carnivorous qualities of the universe. And still, in the face of all that, maintains a sort of like joy, a sort of like uh, uh, a love, right? A self-love and a love that you share with the universe. Someone said self-loathing can also be a way of holding people at arm's length. But does my partner really feel loved by me if I'm unable to accept his love? Yes. Exactly. And hello. Good to see you again. Y yeah. This is all real. That's how I felt. You know? I mean, it's so self-absorbed to be stuck in, like, to be, to be cultivating this pain, to be cultivating this self-hate. I remember when I was, like, a teenager... I was in a play, and I was really proud of the... I mean, I was proud to be in it. It was, like, fucking cool group downtown Chicago, and I got to do this cool part in this play. And I remember after one of the shows, a, a grown-up colleague of some of the people who directed it, you know, said to me, like, hey, you're really great. Something nice like that. And I remember just instantly just going, like, oh, acting's all bullshit. You know what I mean? And I think at the time, I was so self-absorbed and so miserable and i was like that'll be that's cool to be that way to act like oh fucking what i'd suck actually but someone just said something nice to you someone just said hey something you did made me feel good or cool or interesting i thought i saw something i witnessed something neat and i'd like to tell you that that was good and you're just gonna throw it off and say like oh actually you're wrong actually you're wrong i suck shit and i'm a good person because i know that i suck shit and i talk about how i suck shit all the time ha ha what? You know? <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, so I don't know. I think like martyrdom sucks. I mean, real martyrdom, dying for a cause or something like that, or, you know, self-immolation or whatever, as an, uh, you know, an accident, as a thing that happens of like coincidence of, you know, the march of justice, sure. But seeking it out, seeking out a kind of like, pain uh, uh cultivating a pain cultivating a self-hatred it's useless it's bad so anyway that's the line you end up having to dance with the doom scrolling have you passed the point of collection of information have you passed the point of your capacity for the day of learning have you have you passed the point of bearing witness capacity are you just repeating over and over grinding yourself into dust Grinding off the frontal lobe of your brain, just melting your fucking mind and spirit with the horrors of the world. If you have, might I suggest you call it for the day. You call it. Just the same way if you're training your body physically and you're running and running for miles and miles and miles and your feet started bleeding or something like that. You start getting shin splints and miles before it's like, and you're not trying to achieve a goal. You're not doing some ultra marathon. You're trying to train so that you're stronger the next day. Stop. Time to stop. Time to rest. You need to like let your body recuperate so you're more capable. You know, there's this notion of the Pavel thing that he says with the kettlebells. Is he says, like, you should end your workout feeling stronger. And I think that's pretty good advice, generally. If you're ever going to do exercises of any kind to heal or strengthen yourself, the goal should be to end stronger, you know? Anyway, 
that's just some stuff I was thinking about. And it seemed relevant with all the fucking craziness going on. And I just wanted to share the thoughts, you know. Uh, this is kind of neat to do it on Twitch, you know. Get somebody chime in a little bit here and there. Maybe I'll make it something sort of like scheduled if I'm going to do it like this so folks can hang out. But uh, I don't know. I think that's enough. I think I don't, I'm just, I don't know. You know, what is this show? Yeah, half hour perfect. I was going to just try to be like, try not to go on and on and on forever and ever these days. Uh, let me know what you think, you know, check us out at my good, bad brain. Uh, it's on Patreon. If you want patreon.com slash my good, bad brain or follow me on Twitch. I just did this on Twitch at the same time. Twitch.tv slash Jared underscore sleeper. I don't know. It's kind of nice to put this out there. It gives me a, a, a way to honestly, this is all because I did the poem book reading and it was so nice just to do the poem book reading with all these people that I think it's fun to like keep, keep putting things out there, throwing things out there. Anyway, self-care, you know, hydrate, be well. I don't know if this is an abrupt ending. I just feel like I just, sometimes I realize I'm spinning. I, do I need to spin my wheels more? I can keep going forever. I just talk. It's therapeutic. It feels good to just talk sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, but yeah, let me know what you think. Because this is just something I'm I'm playing with. I just, you know what I mean? Like, the whole thing is just like my skin crawls at, at people who are like, it's not my reality. I don't do the news. I don't pay attention to that stuff because it just doesn't, uh, doesn't help me. It doesn't help my life. It's like, okay. Cool, I guess. I just feel like that's poison. Somewhere in you knows there's some fucked up shit that's like leaking into your body, you know, your spirit. Just sucks. Like not even know about it. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Uh I'm gonna stop recording here. And uh, self-care, hydrate, be well. You guys, thanks. Thanks for being with me on the Brain Breather times. Happy New Year. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.